Dedication and Prologue of Peter Bell, A Tale. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Peter Bell, A Tale by William Wordsworth. Dedication and Prologue. Motto. What's in a name? Brutus will start a spirit as soon as Caesar. Dedication to Robert Southey, Esquire, P.L., etc., etc. My dear friend, the tale of Peter Bell, which I now introduce to your notice and to that of the public, has, in its manuscript state, nearly survived its minority, for it first saw the light in the summer of 1798. During this long interval, pains have been taken at different times to make the production less unworthy of a favorable reception, or rather, to fit it for filling permanently a station, however humble, in the literature of our country. This has, indeed, been the aim of all my endeavors in poetry, which you know have been sufficiently laborious to prove that I deem the art not lightly to be approached, and that the attainment of excellence in it may laudably be made the principal object of intellectual pursuit by any man who, with reasonable consideration of circumstances, has faith in his own impulses. The poem of Peter Bell, as the prologue will show, was composed under a belief that the imagination not only does not require for its exercise the intervention of supernatural agency, but that though such agency be excluded, the faculty may be called forth as imperiously and for kindred results of pleasure by incidents within the compass of poetic probability in the humblest departments of daily life. Since that prologue was written, you have exhibited most splendid effects of judicious daring in the opposite and usual course. Let this acknowledgment make my peace with the lovers of the supernatural, and I am persuaded it will be admitted that to you, as a master in that province of the art, the following tale, whether from contrast or congruity, is not an inappropriate offering. Accept it, then, as a public testimony of affectionate admiration from one with whose name yours has been often coupled, to use your own words, for evil and for good, and believe me to be with earnest wishes that life and health may be granted you to complete the many important works in which you are engaged, and with high respect, most faithfully yours, William Wordsworth, Rydal Mount, April 7, 1819. Prologue. There's something in a flying horse, there's something in a huge balloon. But through the clouds I'll never float until I have a little boat shaped like the crescent moon. And now I have a little boat in shape a very crescent moon. Fast through the clouds my boat can sail. But if perchance your faith should fail, look up, and you shall see me soon. The woods, my friends, are round you roaring, rocking and roaring like a sea. The noise of dangers in your ears, and ye have all a thousand fears both for my little boat and me. Meanwhile, untroubled, I admire the pointed horns of my canoe, and did not pity touch my breast to see how ye all are distressed till my ribs ached, I'd laugh at you. Away we go, my boat and I. Frail man ne'er sat in such another. Whether among the winds we strive, or deep into the clouds we dive, 
each is contented with the other. Away we go, and what care we for treasons, tumults, and for wars? We are as calm in our delight as is the crescent moon so bright among the scattered stars. Up goes my boat among the stars, through many a breathless field of light, through many a long blue field of ether, leaving ten thousand stars beneath her. Up goes my little boat so bright. The crab, the scorpion, and the bull, we pry among them all, have shot high o'er the red-haired race of Mars, covered from top to toe with scars, such company I like it not. The towns in Saturn are decayed, and melancholy specters throng them. The Pleiads, that appear to kiss each other in the vast abyss, with joy I sail among them. Swift Mercury resounds with mirth, great Jove is full of stately bowers. But these, and all that they contain, what are they to that tiny grain, that little earth of ours? Then back to earth, the dear green earth, whole ages, if I here should roam, the world for my remarks and me would not a whit the better be, I've left my heart at home. See, there she is, the matchless earth, there spreads the famed Pacific Ocean, Old Andes thrusts yon craggy spear through the gray clouds. The Alps are here like waters in commotion. Yon tawny slip is Libya's sands, that silver thread the river Dnieper. And look where clothed in brightest green is a sweet isle of Isles the Queen, ye fairies from all evil keep her. And see the town where I was born. Around those happy fields we span in boyish gambles. I was lost where I have been, but on this coast I feel I am a man. Never did fifty things at once appear so lovely, never, never, how tunefully the forests ring to hear the earth's soft murmuring, thus could I hang forever. Shame on you, cried my little boat. Was ever such a homesick loon within a living boat to sit and make no better use of it, a boat twin sister of the crescent moon? Ne'er in the breast of full-grown poet fluttered so faint a heart before. Was it the music of the spheres that overpowered your mortal ears? Such din shall trouble them no more. These nether precincts do not lack charms of their own. Then come with me. I want a comrade. And for you there is nothing that I would not do. Naught is there that you shall not see. Haste, and above Siberian snows will sport amid the boreal morning, will mingle with her lustres gliding among the stars, the stars now hiding, and now the stars adorning. I know the secrets of a land where human foot did never stray. Fair is that land as evening skies, and cool, though in the depth it lies of burning Africa. Or will into the realm of fairy, among the lovely shades of things, the shadowy forms of mountains bare, and streams and bowers and ladies fair, the shades of palaces and kings. Or if you thirst with hardy zeal, less quiet regions to explore, prompt voyage shall to you reveal how earth and heaven are taught to feel the might of magic lore. My little vagrant form of light, my gay and beautiful canoe, well have you played your friendly part, as kindly take what from my heart experience forces, then adieu. Temptation lurks among your words, 
But while these pleasures you're pursuing without impediment or let, no wonder if you quite forget what on the earth is doing. There was a time when all mankind did listen with a faith sincere to tuneful tongues in mystery versed. Then poets fearlessly rehearsed the wonders of a wild career. Go, but the world's a sleepy world, and tis, I fear, an age too late. Take with you some ambitious youth, for restless wanderer I, in truth, am all unfit to be your mate. Long have I loved what I behold, the night that calms, the day that cheers, the common growth of Mother Earth suffices me, her tears, her mirth, her humblest mirth and tears. The dragon's wing, the magic ring, I shall not covet for my dower. If I along that lowly way with sympathetic heart may stray and with a soul of power. These given, what more need I desire to stir, to soothe or elevate? What nobler marvels than the mind may in life's daily prospect find, may find or there create? A potent wand doth sorrow wield, what spell so strong as guilty fear? Repentance is a tender sprite, if aught on earth have heavenly might, tis lodged within her silent tear. But grant my wishes, let us now descend from this ethereal height, then take thy way, adventurous skiff, more daring far than hippogriff, and be thy own delight. To the stone table in my garden, loved haunt of many a summer hour, the squire is come, his daughter Bess beside him in the cool recess sits blooming like a flower. With these are many more convened, they know not I have been so far, I see them there in number nine, beneath the spreading Weymouth pine, I see them, there they are. There sits the vicar and his dame, and there my good friend Stephen Otter, and ere the light of evening fail, to them I must relate the tale of Peter Bell the potter. Off flew the boat, away she flees, spurning her freight with indignation, and I, as well as I was able, on two poor legs toward my stone table, limped on with sore vexation. Oh, here he is, cried little Bess. She saw me at the garden door. We've waited anxiously and long, they cried, and all around me throng, full nine of them or more. Reproach me not, your fears be still, be thankful we again have met. Resume, my friends, within the shade your seats, and quickly shall be paid the well-remembered debt. I spake with faltering voice, like one not wholly rescued from the pale of a wild dream or worse illusion, but straight to cover my confusion began the promised tale. End of Dedication and Prologue